Where's the love? Right here on this podcast. Welcome, Welcome to, love to Love Drop, 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 Drop. where your host and One Love Ambassadors, Charles and Diane, will share love, hope, and inspirational topics taken from their journey and world events. We will also include on-location recordings and special pop-up guests from cool places all around the world. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. How you doing? Welcome to the Love Drops Podcast. This is Charles, and this episode tackles a very challenging subject, mental health. I would like to approach this topic from a male's perspective by first looking at the word mental and breaking it down like this. Men tell. Men are suffering in silence, many from post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, which could stem from a wartime experience, surviving a hospitalization, and for many, just being a man of color in the United States. I can only speak of my experiences, and over the course of my nearly 80 years of life, I have witnessed many men with various types of depression, which I have been able to be a factor in their healing journey using Tai Chi and Qigong. We've had classes, I've talked with a lot of veterans as well about Tai Chi being used for post-traumatic stress disorder, and a lot of them picked up a lot of movements, postures, exercise that has helped them through it. My mental health was recently compromised after a long hospitalization. Honestly, feeling the loss of control was a very challenging experience, which I know a lot of men, we go through that when we can't talk with our loved ones, when we're losing control, when we're taught to do and say this and do that. When we lose control, that's a very challenging experience. And that experience has taken us through a lot of heavy and dark places. You can learn more about that experience for me on our website, Path to Transformation. What I will say is this, finding the best way to move ahead and not get stuck is the first step. It's important to keep moving forward and use all your accessible resources and use your village. Do not isolate those who love and support you, even though that might be exactly what we want to do. Don't do it. Don't do it. Use your support. There's a lot of people out there that love you and support you. Right now, I am living and serving to the best of my ability and trusting God for guidance every step of the way, adjusting to highs and lows. I know I'll shine and serve on as long as I stay mindful of the ebbs and tides of life. So with that said, I'll pass the mic to my beautiful co-host wife, Diane. Thanks, Charles. I am actually concerned. That's how I'm doing right now. I'm concerned because today I received a message from family and friends about how they are faring in the state of Florida after the recent hurricane. Many are without power, limited cell phone service, 
damage to their homes. Some have had homes collapse. So they wake up today not knowing how to navigate how this will unfold for them. That can be very heavy. That can really weigh you down. But how can I assist from a place of being weighed down, a place of allowing myself to go into a deep sadness? Not very much. So I use that to motivate me to push through. I use that to motivate me to do what I can do. And that is to serve from where I am. That is to call in the networks, to call upon the various villages that I have been blessed with and to start helping, just start doing what I can do and trust and believe that other help will come as well to pray because I pray, pray with expectation, pray for guidance on how I can best serve. Because as I supported and experienced the hospitalization that you mentioned, Charles, I was also given a glimpse and insight into healthcare as it is now. And there are so many medical professionals, nurses and doctors and other medical team members that are suffering from PTSD. They are suffering from post-traumatic stress, going through this whole pandemic and crisis on the front line with little to no relief, burning themselves out. And as a result, they're leaving. So many people are leaving the healthcare profession for mental health reasons. And sadly, there are many that are not leaving. They're choosing to stay. They, you know, need the the job, the money, the health care, what have you. And their mental health is not where it needs to be. That's a scary prospect because you have someone that is suffering that is supposed to help the suffering and many times not making it better because you cannot care for someone else without first caring for yourself. Eventually you crash and you burn and sometimes you don't recuperate from that. So take time out for self-care. I know the importance of just self-care and mental health from being an overachiever. just from being that person that want to get her done. So delegation and sometimes just reaching out for my resources has been a challenge for me in the past, but no more because I know it takes a village. I know that it starts with me. It is up to me to maintain my mental stability It's up to me to take time to pause and take me time because I am charged with service. I'm charged to spread love. And in order to do that effectively, it starts with me. I have to love on me first. So I just want to encourage you, pay attention to your mental health. Pay attention to the red flags. If you find yourself 
isolating and just saying, oh, I just want some time to myself. But then you're sleeping, you're sad, you're not eating properly. Just ring the alarm, call for help, seek help, you know, talk with your family, talk with your friends, but most definitely seek professional help if that is what is needed. Because our mental health is so important, especially in times that we're living in now. All around, there's fear, there's sadness, there's just things happening every single day. It's like you can't even go a full 24 hours without hearing some news of tragedy, some news of sadness, and you gotta protect yourself or you will get caught up in a dark hole. So just be mindful to guard your heart, protect your health, protect your peace, find your peace, and then protect it. With that said, I'd like to welcome back to the Love Drop Podcast, Dr. LaShonda P. Massey. Thank you, Dr. Massey, for once again coming on and sharing. Hello, this is Dr. LaShonda Poindexter Massey, clinical psychologist, coming to you from Memphis, Tennessee. I am excited to be here today to be talking about mental health and recognizing that we must keep this topic in the forefront, getting people talking about it, learning more about our mental health needs. I am pleased to say this is my 17th year in private practice as a clinician and welcome the opportunity to share more and more information about mental health to keep us all as healthy as possible. Today, we want to focus our conversation in a particular way. We are coming into the last quarter of the year. And something that happens uh, that many people experience is what's have been referenced by some as seasonal blues. So we're going to talk a little bit today about what is happening around the holiday season or as the winter months come along that seems to show up with some mental health challenges. One of the points that I want to make about that is this is just not um, a myth and things that people come up with, but there's actually clinical diagnosis of seasonal affective disorder which is a form of depression. So when you start thinking about seasonal blues or holiday blues, we can have it uh, show up in a form that is very much diagnosable and we need to be treating that and doing something about it and not just assuming we can just shake it off or or find a way to smile because the silver bells are ringing. Uh, We want some things to do that are really going to be impactful and helpful. So when you think about seasonal affective disorder and the fact that it it, it can be or is uh, elements of depression it will have symptoms very similar inconsistency with depressive disorder. So we're looking for change in mood and that low depressed mood or sadness being present. There is often disturbance in sleep, difficulty sleeping. There can be changes in appetite, changes in activity level and motivation to do things, thoughts of helplessness and hopelessness or thoughts of death and dying. So all of those symptoms that we're used to seeing with depression, we may start to see in the seasonal affective disorder. And there have been questions about what is that about? And there can be some different triggers for that. For some, it is the change in the daylight hours um, so that there is more darkness and and the darkness becomes an issue or a trigger Um, for that. Sometimes it's the holiday season and the changes of, of thinking about loved ones or situations that may make holidays not as enjoyable to celebrate. 
um, in that way, or maybe their pressures to perform or, or, or interact in some ways around holidays that aren't mindful of a person's particular situations. So there can be many triggers to what is going on. But what I want to make the most point about is that it's a real thing and that we need to be mindful of it and being able to develop some skills to help us manage it as we move into the holiday season so that we all can stay as healthy as possible during this time of year. So as you're thinking about the seasons changing and, and this very real phenomenon that many experience of the seasonal affective disorder, we want to have some tools in our belt. We want to be able to recognize symptoms and then know what to do about it. So you heard me start with recognized symptoms. That's the number one way that we can start to do something about it is recognizing the symptoms when they start to show up. So I want to highlight that when we are looking at one trigger is knowing that the seasons will change. That's a pretty regular thing, right? We learned that back in elementary school, that the seasons are going to change. So you can have that predictor that is very possible that I start to experience these symptoms at this time of year. So you're a little bit more prepared that they may be coming and you can start looking out for some of those symptoms. And we listed what some of those symptoms are. Be mindful of the time of year. And, and being able to, on the lookout for certain things. Um, and then we want to be intentional about that. If we know that there are certain um, moods that you start to experience, that you're putting in things to encourage um, a happier or lighter spaces for you during these winter months. So if I'm making sure that's a time that I add in a different maybe class, a yoga class, or, or taking in an exercise class, something to get me moving and engaging um, in that way and doing that intentionally as the season starts to change. We talked about the shortened daylight. So one thing that has been effective is light therapy. So being mindful that there's less light daylight uh, during these winter months. So you, they have even something called a, a, a uh, therapy light that, that you can use. So maybe you need to bring in some additional artificial lights that you have in your home or that you use to try and sit that sunshine that is in shorter supply um, in these seasonal months. And with that being said, another factor is vitamin D. We get vitamin D primarily from the sun or from the sun. Um, and so in these shorter months where we're not getting as much sun, you may find that your vitamin D levels are low. So be mindful of that. We may need a vitamin D supplement to assist with what is going on when we're finding, um, experiencing these seasonal blues. I talked about some different triggers that may be a part of that, like expectations around the holidays. So if you are needing to rethink your holiday traditions or things that you want to do. We want to be mindful of stresses or pressures that come along with trying to do what's expected or, or pleasing others in that way that may not be in line with what you need. So be mindful that your holiday season needs to be celebrated in ways that are comfortable and pleasant for you for that to be a celebration so that we are able to deal with really making decisions and not just feeling the obligation to maintain traditions, but being able to be honest and open about uh, what we need and how we feel and, and creating spaces amongst our loved ones and these are those that we care for to be able to be making room for what is true um, for us and working through that. So being able to be mindful of that and being intentional about that. Um, and as a therapist, as a clinical psychologist, I always have to say, be mindful of when we can enlist the help of professionals. You've heard me say already that this is a part of depression and it's a real thing. And sometimes we need to tap into the professional level for support and help. There are things that we're going to be doing on our own to work through this, but let's not discount that we need professional assistance. And we were just talking about family and sometimes we rely too much 
on family and friends and support systems and want them to be able to um, understand and get it and be supportive. And they may not have all the tools that they need. And so you want to keep family members and friends in that space. They are supporters. They can um, try and be there for you and work with you, but do not fail to recognize that professional help is can be a benefit as well. And it's often a benefit. And I'm trying to encourage people more. People often ask me, well, when do you know that it's time to seek professional help? And I've decided on two different answers to that question now. Typically, I go into some symptom um, recognition and talking about watching out for those symptoms and knowing that that's when. But often people are waiting to that point. The symptoms get really overwhelming, unbearable, and then they seek help. So absolutely, if we're in the intense symptom space, we want to be able to go to a professional and seek help. But I want to add something to that. I want us to think about when is the time to seek professional help? The time is now. If we get better at involving ourselves in some preventative care, into some supportive care, then we can keep things going a little smoother, a lot better. We may not have to get to crisis mode before we're seeking help. So I'm encouraging people to start thinking about what are your strategies for maintaining mental health before it turns into, before it processes into mental illness. And or if we have mental illness, that we are doing things actively to understand what that illness is, seeking the support that we need in a maintenance kind of way and not waiting to our, our illness even gets to the crisis point before we're involved in, in things. So when you ask the question, when is the time to seek professional health? The time is now. As you're thinking about that, letting the time be now to seek professional help because we know that there can be some very devastating, very devastating outcomes when we don't seek the help that we need with something as serious as mental illness and depressive disorders in particular. Um, and one of those outcomes is suicide. When we look at the statistics on suicide, you will find that it is one of the top leading causes of death in our society. And those numbers go up higher in terms of, of where it ranks in causes of death in that um, age. 10 to, to 35 range. So we want to be mindful of the very real uh, consequence that can come from not having mental illnesses like seasonal affective disorder uh, treated. And suicide is a very real thing. And when you think about the seasonal space, statistics also show that incidents of suicide increase in the fall and leading into the spring. So this is a time where we want to be even more mindful that that suicide is at is at a higher rate during these times. We want to look out for that. And so that kind of leads us to thinking about when you are seeking your own professional help as those who have loved ones and people that we are connected with, we want to make sure everybody's doing okay. So when you're a supporter or when you have friends and you have loved ones and we all do, make sure we're checking in on one another offering support and encouragement or ways to, to socialize and, and connect and think about that for everyone that you deal with. You've heard people say more often these days, check on your strong friends. So we're just going to make it a point to check on everyone that we love because even I can look like I've got it going on, that I'm always under control and nothing really bothers me or things that bother me I handle well, but you never know 
how far a kind word of encouragement goes on or when somebody is just needing a little bit of the lift because we do the work um, a lot. All of us do. We have stressors. We have things that we're dealing with. We're working hard. Um, and sometimes you may be just pausing to take that phone call or hear a friend's voice is the few minutes that you need to recollect or, or regroup or recharge. So make it a point to just kind of reach out and say, hey, how you doing? Um, it doesn't have to be profound. It just has to be present. Um, and we want to do that as those that are looking out to help and support others that we love, even when we know that they're having problems. Don't put that burden on yourself to rescue them and to fix it, to make it all better. That's not your role. Your, your role is to be a beacon of light, to touch base and to, to give them some encouragement, not to fix it all, but not to have all the answers. Because some people will say to me, I don't know what to say. Or I wasn't sure what to do. Just say hi. And then sometimes I worry about people, you know, say, well, if you need me, call me. And what we know is oftentimes with the symptoms that I was just telling you about with things like depression, withdrawal is weird, real. Isolation is real. So they are less likely to reach out and call you when they have something going on because that just doesn't feel right. And, and they can even worry about being the Debbie Downer or, or bringing everybody else down because of their problems. And so if you're thinking more about if I have someone that I'm concerned about, I want them to be able to lean on me that I don't just put the onus on them to call me if they need. If I'm recognizing that they need, let me reach out and understand that my reach out is more about support than it is fixing. Even as a clinician, I have to know that I can't put my cape on and rescue everyone. What I want to do is to be a facilitator of change um, and encouragement that we can get to a better place that we can work through, get to um, a better space beyond this with intentional efforts and helping us develop what those efforts are. And your thing may be that you call in and say, hey, have you chatted with, your, chatted with your therapist? Just checking in on how things are going there. Because I may want to remind someone that they have resources and, and things that they can do to be helpful and not just tell them you'll be fine or it'll be all right. That's not, an, that's not enough. You know, make sure we're reminding them of what their resources are and how we can connect um, to that. And when we have our spiritual resources as well, that we don't forget, you know, to continue to lift things up in prayer. If that's what our one of your resources are. And as a clinician, I don't uh, deny that, that we need to check into our spiritual spaces if that is part of what works uh, for you and use that in, in your care. So what am I saying in total is that we need to be intentional about our mental health. It is not a given that you're going to feel good. It doesn't matter simply that I have good things going in my life or I have a great job or a loving husband or inspiring children that I can still experience mental illness. I can still experience depression in the presence of all of these wonderful life things. So we want to be mindful that I just can't decide that someone looks well or their life looks well. So things must be fine. But recognizing that we can still have that and know that for yourself. Sometimes that's one of the trouble with, with troubles with depression is that disconnect. And when I look around how wonderful my life is and I can't understand why I feel so bad, why I can't seem to enjoy these things that are around me. And that's part of the illness. So when we're looking for finding some help and being able to move into that, we got to recognize that simply saying I have a wonderful life doesn't mean you cannot experience symptoms. So let's continue conversations like this where we're able to learn more of the details that may be going on and help us to seek the help that we need and use it in our lives in a very intentional fashion so that we are creating a healthy mental space and not just hoping it will exist. So it's important. It's important that we're being intentional about creating a mentally healthy space. And obviously, as a clinician, that's part of the work that I'm doing all the time. It's bringing people in and helping us to to sit down and work through. So I would say it's always 
um, positive to me when someone makes a decision to to come into to treatment and to deal with things. And when we see the light bulb start to come on, that we can connections that they didn't realize um, were there and maybe sometimes offer um, some solutions that had been considered but can be very impactful in a short amount of time and being able to adjust to those things in our lives. Like if I think for myself, even personally, I have had to really challenge myself to incorporate rest in, in the ways that I encourage everybody else to do all the time. I'm busy, super busy, always like to go doing things and, and advocating for mental health and working with my children and doing all those things that I do, but recognizing here uh, a lady that I have not been as good of a steward of taking care of my own health and, and well-being in ways that really influence my ability to be able to do all those things that I, that I enjoy um, so much. So for example, I have really started to value waking up in the morning and not hitting the ground running, that I'm jumping out of bed and, you know, hitting snooze or whatever. And then you get up with 10 minutes and get where you got to go or, or um, those type of things. But being able to say that I'm going to pause and when the alarm clock goes up, I'm gonna, uh, goes off, I'm going to set it early enough where there's about 10 minutes that I can um, either sit or lay or kneel um, in prayer, just, uh, just taking a moment to set for the day um, in, in a very mellow kind of way so that I'm being intentional about ushering in some peace. I did a talk the other night and I was talking about, I've heard a lot of people saying, you know, protect your peace, protect your peace. And what I've noticed is often people don't have peace. Um, and so how are you going to protect a peace that you don't have? Have. So I want us to be intentional about creating peaceful spaces for ourselves. So if we can slow the world down, we keep it going, we push it. Um, so how do we intentionally slow the world down um, and make sure we're making um, space for that and, and making space for things that are encouraging just as much as, as we're pouring out. So you hear people say you can't pour from an empty cup, but how are you up? that cup? How are you making sure that your cup is full? And you do that intentionally, that, that I have, I'm making time. So in that 10 minutes, I'm filling up my cup so that I can go and pour out during, during the day. Or I'm taking that time in the evening, not to just get back into the next hustle and bustle of things, but you recognize I need to schedule some time um, for self and be real about that. Uh, one of the things I like to encourage people to think about when you say you, I schedule time for myself, I'm going to do some things for myself. And people ask, well, what, what am I doing? You know, you doing tomorrow. I'm not doing anything tomorrow. And I want to encourage us not to say that. If you have scheduled time for yourself um, and you plan to rest. Uh, so the answer is not, I'm not doing anything. I am resting. I am caring for myself. I am taking a break from my normal hustle and bustle so that you are recognizing that not as free time that maybe you can schedule something else in if they call. It's really time that I need to protect and not give to something. So I'm going to be busy caring for myself. So I have some things that I am doing on the day that I'm doing nothing. Um, and that even helps us to remind other people to do that. What are you doing tomorrow? Tomorrow I'm taking time for myself. I'm going to spend some time resting. I got to pick up a couple of books I want to read. Um, so I'm going to be at home most of the day doing doing some me time. That can be a reminder to somebody else if they need to, to do that. Um, so it's important that we are being intentional and creating ways uh, to deal with the stuff that we need to do and know that even your clinician, <laughs> as they say, physician heal thyself is always hard. If I too 
and having to be intentional uh, about the work that needs to be done to care for self, to make sure mental health is something that I'm going after and striving and living just as much as I'm able to talk about it. So that model is there um, as well. And when I see the changes and with people coming into the office and knowing that they too can pick up some tools and some skills that really bring about change, it's encouraging. So know that therapy work. It's important for us to connect with mental with a mental health professional just as much as we connect with our medical professionals so that we can do the work of being in the most healthy spaces possible. So again, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to Love Drops for always creating a space for the mental health conversation and bringing into the light something that people need to be aware of and dealing with and understanding and and levels that can really be impactful for life. Um, So I thank you again. This is Dr. LaShonda Poindexter Massey, clinical psychologist, coming to you from Memphis, Tennessee, loving the opportunity to be on Love Drops and talk about mental health. Have a great, great rest of your day. If you need to find me, want to figure out what I'm talking about and what's going on, you can check me out at www.drlpmassey.com. That's drmassey.com. We have some updates that are going to be coming to the website soon. So check us out and let's continue this conversation on mental health. Have a great day. Never a second will I waste. Never an opportunity to taste the sweetness of Thank you for tuning in to the Love Drops Podcast. Be sure to follow this podcast and share the love with everyone you know. Until next time, this is Charles and Diane signing off. One love. One love.